Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Black fans are a hot ticket at the moment. Uh, hot, well, so hot perhaps on the field last week uh, as they were pretty much overrun by uh, England in a record defeat. Uh, so what can they do about it? Uh, and uh, what do they have to change? Joining us now to review and preview the action is Black Fern number 182, Charmaine Smith. She played 27 tests before sadly her career uh, was ended prematurely uh, due to a neck injury last year. Uh, Charmaine, thank you very much for joining us, first of all. Um, I guess it's times like this when they're out there back playing, you really miss the game the most. How's retirement from rugby gone for you? Kia ora, how are you going? Um, it's good. I've got a four-week-old baby, so um, busy. I don't feel like it's retirement because it's almost like another another full-time gig, um, but it's good, yeah. Do you miss the game? Obviously, you admit you miss the camaraderie and, you know, the, the fact that they're now back playing. Yeah, definitely. It's the first test match since uh, my medical retirement, so um, it was a bit different sitting on this side of the world watching it on a TV screen, and um, there's a few times, even in the lineouts, I, I reckon I might have jumped off the couch a little bit um, just by habit, but yeah, a little bit different. Okay, let's uh, look at that test match last week. Um, we knew it was going to be tough, um, not having played for quite some time, and going up against England first up. Um, but I'm not quite sure any of us predicted that margin. Uh, how did you view it? Yeah, I know um, it, it, it blew out the score. I think um, they'll, the Black Ferns, they know that it wasn't good enough, but it's a starting point for them, and um, they, they won't want to bank on the fact they haven't had a test match for two and a half years. They know it's not good enough. And the good thing about um, losing is I think they know... They, they have some pretty honest reviews and always have, so they'll know exactly what they need to work on and what went wrong and where. Um, and that's what they're, they're going to need to take into next weekend as well. Um, but I think it all, for me, as a forward, it all starts at set piece. So um, there'll be some, yeah, pretty in-depth reviews into both their scrums and their lineouts, I think, because um, it has to start there. Well, Charmaine, during your career, uh, one of your areas, of course, of expertise uh, was the line-out. That was an issue last week. Uh, how do they sort that out in a, in a week's duration? Yeah, it was an issue. And, and England, their set-piece, uh, one of the best in the world. And so um, they just really, we need to work on our timing accuracy and speed we just weren't fast enough against them and um, that was pretty evident in how many ones they stole from our attacking lineouts and then on defense I, I don't think we contested uh, many or if any of their um, of their balls so just getting up in the air against them and putting some pressure on their lineouts so they don't get that confidence going for their attack as well. Who's got to lead this revival um, from your point of view of the personnel within the group? I mean, 
you you played a lot of uh, your rugby alongside uh, alongside Eloise Blackwell, of course. Um, and uh, I would imagine she felt that that loss pretty heavy. So, who do you think Glenn Moore will be going to on an individual basis and say we need you badly this week? Yeah, I think like every um, every aspect of the game has different leaders. Um, Al is one of the leaders in the lineouts, and so um, that's part of the review process. Is that um, each of the leaders and all of them will be contributing their expertise from that area. So. Um, yeah, Glenn is kind of like, he orchestrates it, but there'll be everyone from each of those um, parts of the game, scrums, line-outs, attack and defence, who will all stand up. But I think also what's really important is um, the nine debutants as well. Like They bring a lot of, um, I guess, youthfulness, and it's it's also them. Like They, they contribute a lot as well, um, and just the energy out on the field will be important. What kind of coach is Glenn Moore? Is he a, a fist slapper, or does he bend uh, hooks off the dressing room? Is he is he pretty laid back sort of a man, and, and with a quiet message? I think um, oh, how would I describe his coaching? It would be he's honest. You you know where you stand with him, and. Um, I think that that's why people really respect the way he coaches is because if you're not doing something right, you'll not. And it's not so much focused on um, what you're doing wrong, but he'll also um, help you find the solution into, into fixing it. So, yeah, he's an honest um, bit of a straight shooter is GM. So let's uh, look at that environment, which you've been very much a part of, uh, of course. Um, you know, it's not very often they've had to bounce back from uh, a defeat of this nature. Normally, uh, they're pretty dominant, uh, the Black Ferns. So, what are you, what are you kind of sensing it'll be like in this this build-up week? Yeah, I think the the thing with um, coming off a loss is you you have to have that honest review, which happens within a day or so of the game, and then you've got to park what park everything else, take the learnings and then focus on the game ahead. If you're focusing the whole on the whole the whole week on what went wrong, like you're just gonna be dwelling on that. So um, that's always been a message for our reviews. And I think the thing is as well, I was thinking the last time we lost to England was um, in twenty seventeen here in New Zealand and the next time we played them was in the World Cup final where we obviously mm-hmm. bet them in one gold. So um, I do I don't think um, I don't think the players will be dwelling on the game on the weekend too much and and they'll be leading that from the front, especially the experienced players, um, to move on and focus on this weekend. Charmaine, when we talk uh, to the All Blacks and we have in the past with, because they played their 100th test, of course, against the Springboks, most of the old All Blacks and even the current ones say that is the rivalry that means the most to them, not Australia, it is against South Africa. Uh, Is England the biggest rivalry for the Black Ferns? Yeah, I think it is. Um, It's a fierce rivalry. You you can see it even watching the game on the weekend, you know, um, the little off-the-ball things and everything. It's definitely, um, yeah, I'd say for the Black Ferns, England is our biggest rivals. and, And, yeah, yeah, definitely. France would be close, but England, definitely our biggest rivals. It's okay, so after not playing for uh, over two years, all of a sudden you've got four amazing test match opportunities in a row. This one and then, of course, uh, a couple against France, who you've just mentioned as well. So 
Um, these are now vital. We don't know what the world's going to look like, but with the world coming, uh, the World Cup uh, coming to New Zealand not that far away now as we speak, uh, all of a sudden these, these matches, uh, the trend has to certainly, the trend has to be upwards uh, towards the end of this tour. Yeah, definitely. And I think the main thing, um, the main thing is that they each and every player grows from to the other. And like England and France both play very different styles of rugby, um, which is really important for us to um, have that experience against because we haven't played them in such a long time. Um, but they're just um, nine debutants, like the experience that they're getting out there um, before heading into the World Cup ne- next year is really invaluable. So I think they'll um, definitely make the most of it, um, no matter what's on the scoreboard. Um, yeah. OK, let's look at um, rugby uh, domestically here, of course. Um, Waikato uh, overcoming Canterbury, which I, I don't suppose anyone outside of Canterbury was uh, too worried about. Um, but all of a sudden, too, uh, we have Super Rugby or Picky uh, squads named yesterday. They look strong squads uh, through and through. Uh, in your mind, uh, with what you've seen, uh, are the Chiefs the favourites? Yeah, you can't look much through the past that Chiefs squad with all the um, all the big names in there. I think as well they'll be um, they'll be going off their last game which they, like, performed outstandingly. So, um, yeah, for me, it's probably the Chiefs. I don't, I don't really want to say that because I, I'm living in Northland and I'm a Blues fan, but, um, yeah, the Chiefs are looking pretty strong, that's for sure. One of the names that was interesting um, for the Chiefs from, from our point of view when we first looked at the squad is Portia Woodman playing for the Chiefs and, and bypassing the Blues. Would you know anything about the story there? No, I don't know too much about that, apart from that she's living down in that area. Um, but no, no, no inside information about that for you, sorry. <laughs> OK, well, uh, overall, though, um, women's rugby is hitting the headlines a lot more now. Uh, are, you, are you excited about the, the big steps, including Super Rugby or Picky, that the women's rugby is making it and the attention it's getting? Yeah, definitely. Next year... Next year is probably one of the biggest years for women's rugby that there's ever been and um, I think it's finally getting the attention that it it deserves and um, it's just so exciting to see them on that stage and and for them to get that platform that um, is well and truly earned from everyone that's come before them. So um, the difference between playing England and then France, uh, the different styles of rugby, are they... Being from the Northern Hemisphere, they play each other uh, more often than we do, of course. Are they their rugby similar, or, or, or is there a subtle difference between the French and uh, the English? No, it's very different. Um, France are really unpredictable. They um, kick from places you you wouldn't think they would, and um, they've sort of got a really unorthodox style of play, um, which I think is is harder to defend, whereas England are really strong set-piece um, and really well connected in their, like their line-out drives. They know how to score off, off their line-outs. Their scrums are strong, but they've also got um, some really fast backs out there as well. So, yeah, to- two totally different styles of play um, having played against them. I obviously haven't seen France play in a while, but uh, I'd imagine that's quite similar to a couple of years ago. OK, just finally, uh, Charmaine, give us a score prediction for Monday morning, please. And, and I know you ha- where your heart will be, but w- <laughs> what does it tell you? Black Ferns by 10. 
Black Ferns by 10. Well, that will be some turnaround if that happens. Uh, thank you very much, Charmaine, for your time this morning. Um, new baby, exciting time in your life. Uh, uh, good luck with that. Uh, and uh, we hope to catch up with you again in the, uh, as women's rugby takes uh, so much more of a centre stage. Uh, we'll be getting hold of you. Don't worry about that. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. Cheers.